You're listening to the Quality of Love Podcast, your home for all things love, relationship, and mental health. Hosted by nationally certified life and relationship coach, Tyrone Dixon. Sit back, relax, and get tips on creating the life you deserve without wasting any more time. Welcome to the Quality of Love podcast. I'm your host, Tyrone Dixon, nationally certified life and relationship coach, husband, father to two beautiful princesses, and CEO and founder of Rose to Concrete Consulting. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time out to listen in with us tonight. We really appreciate it. We got another question and answer episode geared up and ready to go for you guys. But before I do, I just want to say happy holidays to everyone who celebrated the 4th of July, who celebrated Independence Day. I know those super woke folks out there are saying, we don't celebrate Independence Day, we're black. So if you don't celebrate Independence Day, if you didn't pop off any fireworks, if you didn't do anything uh, fun and engaging or have fun with family, um, Shame on you, man. Shame on you. If you if you have family, if you have obviously good relationships with them. One of my things that I've been uh, really, really consistent with, which I'm proud of over the last few years, is being engaged with my family, staying engaged with my family. I've come to realize that that being around my siblings, being around my father, being around my mother, having them interacting with my kids like that's that's a real happy space for me. So I really appreciate any time. Um, in which we can gather, right? So whether it's a celebration of the fourth, Memorial Day, Father's Day, Mother's Day, whatever the case may be, I really, really appreciate spending time with my family. That's that's my thing. That's my happy space. So hopefully you enjoyed your time with your family, but you know we got to get back to regularly scheduled programming. And today's quote, your network determines your net worth. Again, that quote is your network determines your net worth. And I've been on this journey this last year. Um, it's crazy now that I think about it. It's 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 July, so it's closer to the end of the year than it was at the beginning of the year. Um, but one of my things, goals heading into this year, and I've shared it on the podcast before, was to just be extremely intentional with my energy this year. I can't say that I've I've been a hundred percent successful with that, but I've certainly done better this year than I would say I've done in the past. So intentionality. And in being intentional, one of the things that I, I wanted to really do was increase my network, right? Because they say your network determines your net worth. So I wanted to increase, increase my network over this year. And I'm still working, still working on it. Um, but I, I have certainly taken a part of a few courses, uh, been a part of some leadership trainings and leadership classes that have put me in a position where I've increased my network. So I think it's safe to say I'm, I'm I'm knocking some goals down and achieving some goals. And I think that one of my biggest goals, not only this year, but in life is to to be a part of the right network so I could bring in the right net worth. So I thought of that quote and I figured I'd share because I am starting to truly, truly discover that your network determines your net worth. And I'm trying to connect with those people that's making that money, man. So hopefully you're doing the same. All right, let's knock out some of these narcissistic individuals who are displaying narcissistic behaviors within relationships. And this is fresh off the press. So question number one in terms of our narcissistic side of question and answer is what makes a narcissist resent you? Once again, that question is what makes a narcissist resent you? 
the number one thing is holding them accountable. Uh, any narcissist, true narcissist, that is. Some people can pump fake being a narcissist. I know, crazy, right? <laughs> but any true narcissist um, does not like being held accountable. So if you really want to get under an individual who's a narcissist's skin, hold them accountable literally at every opportunity that you're presented with. And I can guarantee you, you will upset that person. And if you keep doing it and doing it, do it for a long period of time consistently, chances are that person is going to try to find a way to get away from you because narcissist number one tick, number one pet peeve is being held accountable for their actions. So if you notice that their actions and their behavior are not aligning quite as, as they should, I should say, then that's an excellent opportunity to try to hop in there and take advantage of an opportunity to hold them accountable. And if you do it for long enough, over a long enough period of time, that individual will do their best to avoid you at all costs. If you're in a relationship with them, be careful because and the reason why I say be careful if you're trying to hold them maximally accountable is because when you're doing that, they're looking for another supply and a supply again, just for a point of reference or frame of reference is an individual who will accept the narcissist exactly how they are, accepting their behaviors, accepting their verbal or physical abuse, accepting all of their self absorbedness, all of that good stuff, right? A supply is a person who accepts the narcissist for their behavior and, uh, and does not hold them accountable. So if you're going to hold them accountable, understand that they're going to, once they realize that they can't get away with the actions that they've displayed, they're going to start to try to seek out other people or other relationships, right? So if you're going to go the full-blown accountability route, I just want to emphasize the fact that you may legitimately be running this person out of your life. And I've run into situations in the past where someone wanted to hold a narcissistic individual accountable, but they'd also wanted to stay in that relationship. And that's those two things don't work. Right. So if you want to hold them accountable or keep them resenting you, they keep I should say, let me backtrack. If you holding them accountable will keep them resenting you outside of that. A narcissistic individual will continue to function in the way that they continue to function. Question number two, will a narcissist come back? If you were the one to break up with them, once again, the question is, will a narcissist come back if you were the one to break up with them? It depends. Um, I've, I've seen both situations and I'll give you scenarios that I've seen in the past for both situations. Right. So situation one is which in which uh, a narcissist leaves an individual, because in a lot of cases, a narcissist, even if you say you're going to break up with them. They don't just let you leave, right? Or they don't just let you break up unless, and I'll share this scenario next, they already have found another supply or found someone that they're comfortable enough with um, leaving you for because they feel like this person is going to do exactly what they need, which is not hold them accountable, right? So when it comes to you breaking up with an individual, right? So a narcissist will allow you to break up with them and leave you alone if they've already found a supply. If they've not found a supply, chances are they will harass you. Uh, smear campaign is really huge when it comes to narcissistic individuals. Talk down to you. Try to um, treat you as if you, you have, hold no value, right? So there's the no value within the relationship, but then there's the additional no value in social settings. So they'll 
tell your friends, family, whoever it may be, whoever really will listen to this individual. They'll tell them how much of a bad person you are. They'll tell them how how bad you are at the relationship and it's all your fault that the relationship isn't working, so on and so forth. Those are the two scenarios in which I've seen a narcissistic individual being broken up with. And like that was the end result. They found a supply, so they left you alone or they kept harassing you and trying to smear your name until they found a new person or they realized that you weren't going to come back. Unfortunately, there's not much you can do about this individual's behavior. I would invite you to focus on yourself, right? If you've managed to break away from a narcissist at this point in time, the best thing you can do is put all of your energy and effort into moving forward and not looking back. If you're thinking about reengaging with this person, I can guarantee you they'll put on a front, right? A front and a front. That's kind of the terminology that we use. I don't know if that's that's known throughout the world, but terminology we use in Syracuse, my hometown, um, and that means just faking, right? Right, putting up smoke and mirrors. I've heard it used in that way too, which is it's not um it's not good for your mental health, really, right? Because that person is going to, again, expose you to the original individual that you met when you first started the relationship with them, only to get you comfortable and and kind of get your defenses down. Once they recognize that your defensive defenses are down and it can be a long period of time, some narcissists are really good at being narcissists. Um, so it could be a, a long period of time. But once your defenses do come down, that's when this individual will try to take an opportunity or try to take advantage of you with the idea that you're back in the fold and you're back in the loop, right? So if you are away from a narcissistic individual, stay away and understand that they're going to try to manipulate situations, talk bad upon you, talk bad to friends, family, coworkers, whoever it may be. They're going to try to talk bad about you, but that's only a result of their own insecurities. Question number three, how do I deal with a smear campaign by my narcissistic ex who I still work with? Once again, that question is, how do I deal with a smear campaign by my narcissistic ex who I still work with? That's tough. That's a tough one. Um, so here's the thing. It's, it's, it can be very difficult to maintain your professionalism in a setting in which you've dated someone who you thought may may be a good fit for you or a good match for you kicked the can down the road found out this person is a narcissist and they were putting on a mask at the beginning of your relationship that can be very disappointing and then to add to that piece that you now have to be with this person every single day or see this person every single day because he's a co-worker yikes that's a lot um, what I would invite you to do is not fight fire with fire, especially in a professional setting. Um, anytime you fight fire with fire or you try to defend yourself really and say, no, I'm not a bad person. Uh, Tyrone did this and Tyrone said that and Tyrone's the one that's really doing this and all. It just, it, it comes across as gossip as negative. So what I would do if you are, um, if the smear campaign is brought to your attention, never put yourself out there first and say, I know Tyrone is. And I'm just using myself for name purposes. But I know Tyrone is out there talking bad about me, but he's really the bad one. That that does not typically come across well. So what I would invite you to do is I would simply have a conversation with whoever he's using um, to kind of spread these rumors with you. And I would say to them, realistically, 
met, look at the way he's actually behaving versus what he's saying. And when people see past like that, that what is it, tinted glasses of individuals who are narcissistic, because they can be charming, um, they can be uh, captivating, they can be visually appealing. Like all of these things are very true to a narcissist across the board, right? So possibilities are there. So I would say instead of looking at this individual for face value, assess this individual's behavior, some of the things that they're doing. And some of the behaviors that they're displaying versus the behaviors that I'm explaining, displaying. And once a person sees that or once any kind of common sense thinking individual sees that, they'll be like, oh, OK, Tyrone's saying this or he's saying that this person is acting in this way or behaving in this way. But they're really not. It's him that's displaying these behaviors. The more you can get the people who at work to see kind of it's it's the other individual that's saying this or the narcissistic individual that's saying this, the more you you don't have to defend yourself. It's more like just simply holding up a mirror to the individual. Right. And say, OK, well, this person is saying this, but really look and assess that assess their behaviors. And anyone who's who does not have a bias towards that individual, I should say, should be able to accurately look at the behavior and excuse me and say okay well tyrone is lying he's clearly the one that's displaying some of these negative behaviors that he's saying you're displaying if not chances are you're in um a suboptimal work environment and you may want to reevaluate your workplace question number four why are narcissists provoked by calm authentic behavior it seems to hurt them the most once again that question is why are narcissists provoked by calm authentic behavior it seems to hurt them the most that's being your authentic self not having emotional reactions overt emotional reactions i should say to a narcissist in their behavior it puts them in a spot where they can't typically read where you're going right so i'll, I'll just kind of use a scenario that i've had in the past where a narcissist gaslit someone right said a bunch of things and then kind of play the victim on with that individual and this narcissistic person knew that if they keep doing that or if they kept doing it for long enough that this person would lose their emotional control and eventually it may take a while but the narcissist would be able to pull them back or corral them with the whole victimhood right so it's see i knew you really felt like this about me it just took me saying this or it took you losing your emotional control to say it Right. Very much a manipulation tactic that a narcissistic person uses quite often, actually. So um, when it comes to authentic, calm, I love that that calm, authentic behavior. When it comes to that, just kind of that monotone, the the flat across the, the board, no highs, no lows, staying even killed. Narcissistic individuals hate that. And it does hurt them because then they can't read you and then they can't plan on their next manipulation tactic or their next manipulation move that they're going to try to pull on you next. So, yes, keep that calm, authentic behavior going. I love that saying. All right, let's help some people out in their relationships here now. Question number one, when do you walk away from emotional abuse? Once again, that question is. When do you walk away from emotional abuse? That's a very difficult question to answer. Um, it's very specific to the individual and who you are. What I'll say is um, it's always better to walk away from emotional abuse sooner rather than later. 
And the reason why I say that is having um, been in relationships in the past where emotional abuse was very prevalent, it takes you a very long time to um, realign how you look at yourself when you've been in an emotionally abusive relationship for a long time. So, and, and this goes for, I don't care who you are, what level of confidence you're at, if you've been told you're not something for a long enough time, and you're being told this every single day by someone who you're seeing every single day, who you're in a relationship with every day, then that's going to affect your mental health negatively, right? No matter how strong you are, no matter how confident you are, when you keep hearing you're not this or you can't do that or you're not capable of this over a long periods of time, that stuff starts to seep into your head, right? And you start to believe that maybe I'm not capable of this or maybe I can't do that. So my... um piece of advice when it comes to emotional abuse is it's always better to leave a situation sooner rather than later to minimize the long-term effects and long-term impact that that emotional abuse has on you because it takes a very long time um, to build yourself up after being a part of an emotionally abusive relationship. How do I get my ex-girlfriend back? She says she lost feelings but wants to be friends again. Once again, that question is, how do I get my ex-girlfriend back? She says she lost feelings, but wants to be friends again. Started right, right there, right, right there is where I would say start the friendship piece. Go back to, to and this is very difficult to do. It's, it's almost like a, a mind F, for lack of better words, where you're tricking your mind into um, being in a space that is, it's, it's, you would think it's stretched beyond. Right. So that's a scientific way of saying that you are going to naturally your body's going to naturally react to being around this person as friends. Right. And you're going to want to do more like hug and kiss and take it the extra mile. What I would invite you to do is resist all those urges. Right. When you get that urge to take it further than a friendship, take it beyond a hug, take it beyond a kiss, whatever it may be. Fight those urges. If she wants to be friends, chances are, number one, she didn't lose all feeling for you. That's just something that she's saying as a as an emotional reaction. So she probably didn't lose all feeling for you. If she wants to be friends again, that door is still open. Now, the door is open, but it can be closed very, very quickly if you start to display relationship behavior. Right. So take it slow. Take your time. And the other thing you can be doing while you're building up this friendship and, and you're, you're both building up the friendship is assessing what you really want out of a relationship. If she's your ex-girlfriend and you want her back, chances are there's, you feel like there's a void. There's something that, that you may have missed out on that you couldn't do with her. Try to, to get the lesson from that, right? What is it that you were supposed to learn from that relationship? What is it you're supposed to learn now as you move forward in your new friendship Try to identify the lesson that you want to learn from the previous experience as her ex and work to improve yourself. Right. So do self-care, exercise, go for a walk if you need to. Right. Try to mentally prepare yourself and physically prepare yourself to be in a different space, to be more receptive to to her as a partner. Right. And um, it's going to be hard. But a lot of the things that you've done in the past, you're going to have to not do those things because that's why you were her ex at a point in time. Right. So take it slow. Figure out what you really want out of this relationship and figure out what lesson you're supposed to learn from her being your ex before 
and then apply those lessons to this new friendship that you're hoping to eventually evolve into a relationship. Good luck, my friend. Question number three. Is there a way to tell if a person will come back after setting them free? I'm sorry about that. Once again, that question is, is there a way to tell if a person will come back after setting them free? That's a great question. I don't know. I've, I've, I've functioned with the idea that once an X is an X or once you set somebody free, that's it, right? There's, there's no coming back. I, I am of the belief that you exhaust all your resources on the front end, but that is just me. That's my own personal thing. And I, I have to deal with that. Um, I will say to your question, signs that someone will come back after setting them free is they're, they're in constant contact with you, right? So you say, Hey, this relationship isn't working out. Um, we're, this isn't gonna, we're not gonna be successful together. We're not gonna, whatever it is, right? We need to break up. This isn't gonna, gonna last, right? And then you find that they're doing and displaying some of those same behaviors that they displayed when you were in a relationship, right? Like calling you, texting you every morning, giving you a call before sleep at night, right? All of those like relationships, things that it's just like, all right, we're, we, these are the same behaviors that you were displaying when we were in a relationship. All right, let's just get back in a relationship. We're almost playing that role anyway, right? When they start to do those type of things, I say those are clear indicators. Um, another very interesting indicator I'll say is that, um, like they'll start to ask you random, strange questions like, Oh, uh, have you been happy since I'm gone? Or what do you think about, or what do you do when, I'm not around or I, since I haven't been around, like those are all to me indicators that the door is still open, right? So those are indicators that the door is still open. But again, I want to shift the focus a little bit and talk about you, the individual, right? Are you in a space to receive that person again, right? And to treat them the way that you know they want to be treated or you feel they want to be treated. That's the real question. And finally, question number four, will my abusive ex treat his new partner better? Once again, that question is, will my abusive ex treat his new partner better? If someone is an abuser, right, there's those behaviors are, are, are lasting, right? Those behaviors don't change at all. If someone is identified as someone who is abusive, rather that's physically or verbally abusive, those behaviors still, they continue, right? So, there's a very good chance. I'm not going to say there's a guarantee. There's a very good chance that that person will continue to be abusive to their new partner. Um, and that's just kind of what, what they learned over time. Like that's how they learned to express themselves, whatever the case may be. Right. Um, so don't necessarily think that the new partner is going to treat, get treated better. Although there's a chance I can't lie to you and say there's not, but there's a chance that they will get treated better, but it's more likely that they won't. Um, and to that, I'll say, you know, I got to add my spiel in there. Um, that's a good thing, right? I know it may feel uncomfortable, especially if this is early on in the process of being out of that relationship, but you're in a, you're much better off being alone than being with someone who is abusive because there's no ends to abuse. Um, abuse is a continuum, right? It might start off as verbal It'll end up being physical and it just escalates from there, right? Abuse is not something that I tolerate. Abuse is not something that I will ever say is acceptable. You have no right to put your hands on an individual, especially an individual that you call your partner. 
All right. That's it. Back in motion, back in action. Don't forget to hit us up at TQLP20 at gmail.com with any questions that you have for our Q&A. Again, that's TQLP20 at gmail.com. Or feel free to hit us up on our Facebook page, The Quality of Love Podcast. Don't forget, I can't leave without those five ingredients to a lasting relationship. Number one is trust. Number two, communication and communication as in dialogue, right? So back and forth, not one partner dominating the conversation, but one partner sharing, another partner actively listening and vice versa. Number three, knowing your partner's love and apology languages. Not only knowing how to love on your partner, but knowing how to apologize to them in a way that they feel like you really mean it. Number four is the ability to shift with the ever-changing dynamics. There's going to be something that shifts, whether that's pregnancy, marriage, uh, engagement. Something in your relationship will shift from the time in which you've met your partner until up until now and beyond, right? Having the ability to shift and communicate through shifts and changes within your relationship and flexibility, for lack of a better word, will allow you to have a lasting one. And last but certainly not least, unconditional acceptance. Accepting your partner for exactly who they are, but understanding and knowing that they're working to be the best possible person they can be in the long run. Hit us up, man. We're looking for questions. We're looking to answer. We're looking for love, all that good stuff, man. We got business clicking. So um, the quality of love is in a really good spot right now. And I thank you, the fans. Ha-ha, y'all thought I was going to leave without thanking you. Thank you, the fans, the listeners. It's truly appreciated. All the love, all the feedback, all the downloads. Truly appreciated. We're going to keep pushing hard from this end. Hopefully, you all are, will, will continue to support us. And as we move forward, tell your friend to support us, too, if, if they haven't started yet. We, we're looking to increase our support, try and get our numbers up to 100K this year. 100K download. That's my goal. It's a lofty one, but we're, we're, we're in a good position right now. All right? Remember, the quality of love and relationships that you have in your life will determine the quality of your life. Peace and love, y'all.